0: Hello, I am Grace Jefferies and I am thinking about my future. To help me do this, I am speaking with successful women to get an understanding of the challenges they have faced throughout their careers, how they overcame them and what tips they have for girls of my age. Today my guest is Karen Myers, who is the Executive Director of Communications at The RNA. The RNA is the governing body of full golf all over the world except in America and Mexico. Thanks for joining me today Karen. Can we start by you telling the listeners a little about the work you do now and your previous roles?
1: Thank you, Grace. I'm I'm delighted to have the opportunity to do this. So, as you said, my title is Executive Director of Corporate Communications at the R&A. That's a very, very long title to describe what I actually do. So, listeners may know a little bit about um, big golf championships, the most famous one in the UK, probably the open which the RNA also runs and we're responsible for the AIG women's open Mm -hmm. uh, the senior open and lots of um, amateur championships for people who are on the pathway through golf and my job is to lead the communications team that promotes all our work through the media through our own channels our websites and digital and social media contact Mm -hmm. content And um, direct to anyone who is or could be interested in golf in the future, from young people who might be interested in taking up the sport, all the way through to government ministers, who um, often we have to speak to when we are running our major championships. Um, Before I came to the RNA, I spent a little bit of time in another sport, the British Equestrian Federation, which is responsible for all horse sport um, in the UK, apart from horse racing. Uh, before that, I worked for uh, a company that's now part of Future Publishing, but used to originally be called IPC Media and um, Time Inc. And they publish lots of magazines like um, In Style and Marie Claire and uh, Digital. Marie Claire is now a, a completely digital, but Country Life, Horse and Hound, and including Golf Monthly as well. So I got a little bit of experience of sport when I was doing that. And before that, I spent most of my career at the AA, which is the Automobile Association, the Yellow Vans. Hmm. Um, I wasn't out fixing cars. I started out as a very junior PR assistant and traffic broadcaster. And then I stayed with them for 21 years and ended up doing a very similar job to the one I do now with the RNA.
0: While you were at school, did you know what you wanted to do or be? Or did that happen when you were older? I think I always
1: knew that I wanted to do something to do with writing. Um, I think I probably thought journalism was for me. And I always did a lot of things at school that involved um, speech and drama and the school magazine. And then when I went to university, I had a show on the university radio station. And I think that was what made me think that I would like to do something more in journalism. But I also knew that I didn't want to be the kind of journalist that had to do um, working on local newspapers. I wanted to do something that was just a little bit more um, involved with people. And I think that's how I came to discover that PR might be right for me because you get to work with journalists, but you're using your skills in a little bit of a different way.
0: How important do you think it is to go to university? Uh, I think that it really depends on the kind
1: of person that you are. Um, University can bring all sorts of other opportunities apart from the academic opportunity, Um, the ability to get involved in lots of other things that help you with your long-term career, volunteering, being parts of groups and societies. And there's a very big social scene at, at university as well. Some people are not necessarily suited to that. Um, might want to um, you know work in um, environments where being with lots of people all the time isn't quite right for them. Um, but I think if you want to pursue a profession where having the academic qualifications are important, then I think university is incredibly valuable. and it also helps when it comes to what is a very competitive world that you know if you have a degree, it helps you when you're being considered for a job against other people. But at the same time, I would say to people who don't feel that university is for them, there are lots of other professions that you can follow that don't require university, skills-based professions, things where you can actually train on the job as well. So you can still get qualifications, but you can be working at the same time.
0: Have you always wanted to work in sport?
1: Yes, I have always wanted to work in sport. So even though throughout most of my career, I haven't worked in sport. It was always a long-term ambition. And so um, I don't mind telling people how old I am. when I got to the age of 55, after over 30 years of working in PR, I'd wanted to work in sport all that time and thought, now's my chance to, to try and pursue it. And I got the freelance opportunity working with the British Equestrian Federation, and that then led to the job I'm now doing in golf.
0: Well, in sport of all kinds is on the up. Can you tell us a little about how golf is trying to get more girls playing and watching?
1: Well, at the RNA, we think that the future success of golf will be to get more women, girls and families playing. Everybody has so many other distractions and so many other sports and pastimes that they can do. But we want to demonstrate that golf is fun, it's healthy, both physically and mentally, and it's really sociable. I think the other really important thing about golf is it can be played at any age and with the handicap system, people of any age and any skill can play with each other, which is why it's so great for families, because somebody of your age could play with a grandparent and it would be absolutely fair sport. So we're working with clubs and the other organisations that lead golf around the world to encourage them to make clubs more attractive for girls to play. You know, you don't have to play 18 holes, you can play three, six or nine if you haven't got time. We want to encourage them to have driving ranges and pitch and putt and places to exercise and socialise. And I think at the moment it's fair to say that the feeling is that clubs are geared up for older people with lots of money and lots of time. And that doesn't have to be the case. And one of the best ways to get more girls watching is to have more role models that inspire And that's dependent on women's golf being on TV and on the experience of watching golf live. It's really attractive, as with any other sport, to go along with family and friends and watch live sport. So that's what we would like to see more of.
0: What do you personally really like about golf and sport?
1: Well, I I like sport because um, it's one of those areas where you can pursue something that is competitive and healthy, but also get the kind of pleasure from it that you might get if you were sitting at home reading a book. It sort of fulfills your personal needs for, for happiness. And golf itself is something that I play, didn't start playing until I was in my 30s. And I did it because one of my friends asked me if I would like to go and play with her. And it was an opportunity to spend more time with a friend that I wouldn't necessarily have had anything else in common with from a sporting point of view it's it's also it's a gentle sport you know you don't have to be fit and athletic to play I was always the last person to be chosen for a team in the school sports Um, but it's one of those things that can help you get healthy and that's what I love about it.
0: All sport has been hit by the COVID-19 virus what challenges has that presented for the RNA and how have you overcome them?
1: Well, COVID-19 has been a challenge and an opportunity. And very sadly for us, we had to cancel the Open, which, as I said earlier, is the, the very big championship that, that we run, one, one of golf's majors. And we had to cancel it because at the time that we were making the decision, we couldn't know that when we were playing the championship in July, whether it would be safe or not. And we have 43,000 approximately people that come every day to that championship. And when we were making the decision in April, it just didn't feel right. It felt like the right thing to do, not to go ahead. But what's been really interesting about COVID is that golf has been one of the sports that's come back to playing with government approval much quicker than many others because it's played outdoors and can be played safely at a distance. And what that has done actually started to make golf a little bit more attractive to people who wouldn't have thought about playing it before and that's something that the golf industry really now needs to try and take advantage of
0: do you have any idols or mentors
1: well i've always had mentors throughout my career and i think it's a really important thing to do because it's somebody who is not your parents and isn't your friends but somebody who really is independent and can encourage you and give you guidance. And I think I, I've had a mentor all my life in, in somebody who was actually my first boss when I worked for the AA, when I started there in, in, at the age of 23. Um, in terms of idols, I, I think my idols don't necessarily come from, from sport, actually. I tend to have my idols in, in the world of arts and, and theatre, which is something I'm really interested in. As well but as i say i think um, it's really important that golf particularly can have role models people that you can look up to and inspire you and there are lots of those who look at georgia hall and charlie hull and and lots of uh, women playing golf around the world
0: is there anything that you still want to do either personally or professionally
1: well as I mentioned my age, um, I actually hit 60 not that long ago during lockdown, wasn't able to have a a 60th birthday party and I'd like to think that I've still got another few years of my professional career but one of my great passions is actually cricket. I I love cricket in in all its forms and I think a lot of sports can learn from cricket in terms of how it has adapted to encourage different people to engage with it and i I would like to think that perhaps when I I finish working full time that I might be able to do something voluntarily or what's known as a non-executive role where you work with businesses to give them advice without necessarily being paid and also to do some more charity volunteering which is something that I've always done quite a lot of throughout my life and I'd like to do more of that.
0: That's funny that you like cricket because I also really like cricket. (laughs) Oh, that's
1: good. Another great woman cricket fan.
0: Yeah. Who's the most famous golfer you have met or worked with?
1: Oh, the most famous golfer. Well, um, last year I was very excited um, when I sat at dinner um, in Royal Port Rush, where we held the Open, with Graham McDowell, who is a very famous um, golfer from Northern Ireland and spent quite a lot of time talking to him and his family, and and he is one of my favourites. But sitting at the next table were two people that I've always really admired. One is Francesco Molinari, because he won first Open where I actually was working, but also Gary Player. So Gary Player is uh, quite elderly now, but still incredibly fit. And he is South African, very, very famous major winner, and um, he waved at me uh, across the table and blew me a kiss and I was very excited about that because I'd only met him once before and I'd like to think it was because he remembered me but I suspect it was really because he probably does that with everybody.
0: (laughs) What tips would you give girls when they start to think about their careers and their future?
1: I think it's important still particularly at this stage of your thinking to still have options i think as coronavirus has shown the world is changing constantly and i think that it's important not to just have one fixed thing that you might be set on but to think about what the alternatives might be as the world is changing Um, but i think that as we've mentioned it's really important to have a mentor and a guide somebody that you can turn to who isn't one of your parents that can help you think that through and maybe to look for things that you can do where you're volunteering that give you a little bit of work experience. I know that there used to be formal work experience opportunities through schools and I think those are less formal now so it's important to build up the contacts that you have through family and friends to try and find the people that might help you get that work experience along the way and do a little bit of training
0: as you've said the world is changing so much and so quickly what do you think work for women might look like in 10 years time
1: i'd like to think that it's going to be much more flexible i think men and women have learned over the last four months that it's possible to work much more flexibly not only where you work with people working from home rather than in offices. But when you work, it doesn't have to be nine to five. It shouldn't be a situation where you've got somebody looking over your shoulder to see that you're at your desk every minute of the day, but to give you the flexibility to work at different times of day to suit your lifestyle. And, you know, I don't think now that things like having children are any longer a a barrier to people progressing. It used to be the case that because women took time off to have children and took maternity leave that it slowed down their careers. And I think that's no longer the case because of the kind of flexibility that there is. And I also think that there's an opportunity for women to think much more about careers that may have not previously been thought of as traditionally for girls. There should be no such thing as careers that are only for men or only for women. But unfortunately that has been the case and I think that that's freeing up and that means there's a bigger world of opportunity. I'd like to think also that there's a bigger opportunity for people to travel and work overseas in other places. And it will be interesting to see how, as we progress hopefully towards a vaccine, that the world frees up again and that that movement around the world, not only for holidays, um, starts to come back for work as well.
0: I have really enjoyed chatting with you today, with you today Karen. Thank you so much and I'm sure everyone listening will now be thinking about some of the choices they're about to make and when they can take up golf, of course. Keep listening to Grace Jeffreys Meets as I talk to many more brilliant women.